This week, we check the stars and fulfill our contracts. And I wonder if superpowers are worth a little OCD. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we talk about a show that has a nice little niche for itself in the sci-fi cyberpunk world, not often seen in the anime lists. This is a show that takes on a really interesting concept of corporate and international espionage at the cost of with breaking fingers, swallowing cigarettes, and writing terrible poetry. The unique themes and subtext is so ahead of its time that it's no wonder it's having trouble entering the weeb consciousness as a hidden gem. That's right, this week we take on the superpowered sci-fi spy thriller known as Darker Than Black. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this show? Mission Impossible meets The Truman Show. Yeah, and a little bit of like a monk too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> With the music. Oh, gotta watch the dishes, gotta watch the dishes, that kind of stuff. So uh, <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining us and listening to us on hopefully our host site, anchor.fm slash podcast, or really anywhere your podcast is found. But make sure when you listen to us, you give us a five-star review. It really helps us out and gets people to listen to us. But you can also help us out by following us on our social media platform. So Garrett, hit him with those handles. You can follow us on Instagram at Wanwa Podcast or check out what we're saying on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob. So before we get into the actual topic of discussion today, I feel like a lot of stuff has happened in the past week that require little housekeeping. So the first thing is for all those people that put in a lot of negative energy and kept Cowboy Bebop live action second season coming out. I blame you. I will find each one of you, and I am a man of my word. I will this, find. This is you. why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. And it's it's not enough that like it's probably Netflix doing a uh, honestly doing a um, basically a cost benefit analysis with how expensive it was. But at the same time, if I see like Kotaku pee on its grave a few any more than it has, I'm gonna get actually ah. like legit annoyed. So uh, that's one thing. So we can't have nice things, as Garrett had mentioned. And the second thing is Garrett, we just did devil's a part-timer for no any for no reason right and at the end of the show we were like man it would be really great to have a second season of that well guess what got announced this week (laughs) (laughs) the second season of devil's a part-timer so i feel like our show. i think that just proves the power of our podcast is that people out there are listening people are listening they're like i want a show about you know you know tolkien characters working at whackdonald's like is that so hard (laughs) by the way Yet another McDonald's reference in our show this week. Yeah, I know. We it's it's but up 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 up. We're redundant. And uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so back to what we were talking about. Right, we're 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 centered. We're ready to talk about darker than black. Um, I really like this anime, especially when it first came out. Um, it came out in two thousand seven, and uh, in my mind, this is one of those things that kind of go into the cyberpunk world, a la you know, the one we did was um uh speed grapher was another kind of similar stuff but also ghost in the shell which is another one we'll do at some point sci-fi it's got that gritty urban future pretty dystopian pretty dark that kind of stuff you know but uh this show is more of a cult classic than the other ones uh people know it in fact we had some people on instagram saying how much they actually really like this and they and lamented how little people appreciate it and i agree uh but uh what what you know what are some thoughts on you had with the show 
uh, considering that it only literally had one season, then like they kind of did it twice over after that. Like, what are some first blush thoughts you had? On what the do you show? mean they did it twice over? So just like free, we had a, a basically <laughs> another season. Mm-hmm. We had another season, which was like a continuation of the story, but it wasn't like they were doing season two. It was like darker gotcha. than black, something else. And then they did it again in 2010, I believe, where it was like darker than black, something else. So ah, it did see, that see, kind see, of thing where like, it kind of has like these natural endings, but it doesn't continue. It's weird. I don't know. It's, like it's, it's within the same universe, but it's not the same storyline necessarily. It's not a continuation of the last story. So you'll still have, hey, you'll still have, you know, November 11th. You'll still have all those people, but they're kind of in different contexts and and um, and kind of like the story doesn't follow the same arc, so to speak. So speaking of uh, our lead character, who you just uh, mentioned, uh, what do gay horses eat? What is it? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. um, So, so first, first, uh, first blush, first look at this. I, it was a crazy week at work. I was able to bang through three episodes right before we logged on here. I'm very confused and I know that I'm exhausted. And so I probably wasn't like doing my number one Ichiban best to, to (laughs) soak it all in. Um, I understand espionage. I, I, there, there was a few things I just didn't really get. I mean, do we want to get into like some of like the, uh, the base things for this show? And I think, I think you're right because much like, you know, dystopian YA novels, there's so much jargon that you need to understand it. Like right. a, a very, t- a very terrible example of this is the uh, Divergent series mm-hmm. where it's like, um, what's it? It's like, it's like oh we're not the charity group we're abnegation that's our name like what what is that word (laughs) like i feel like a very good vocabulary why did that why was that the choice like and they do stuff like that like oh this isn't this is us going to school this is the furthering like they use stupid jargon like that and i feel like this show has so much of it that Mm. it's hard to follow so what i'm going to have us do first because it's going to take a little bit for people to understand what we're talking about as the story progresses to talk about and you and i can kind of weave in and out like what you understood and I can kind of fill in the blanks Garrett. So, and I put a little bit in the notes, go for it, Garrett. What do you, you know, give us a very general 5,000 foot examination of what dark and the black black is centered on or what it's setting is. We open in a future city that is surrounded by a wall. 10 years previously, there is some large worldwide event, um, that block that that I don't know if the, it created the wall or what was outside of it meant that they needed to put up the wall. But it's been 10 years since the wall has been up. Now, what kind of blows my mind is that they're clearly in Japan, but then they're also talking about like French espionage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if there's a wall outside of Japan with bad things going on outside of it, what the heck's going on outside the wall that someone can just fly in from France and do stuff? <laughs> um so yeah. Also, also, at some point, the stars were replaced, and, <laughs> and the sky is fake. Right, right. So, Gary, you're right, and that is very confusing in the beginning because they try to explain a few things. So, I'm going to fill in the gaps there. So, mm-hmm. Garrett's right. In this is ten years after a cataclysmic event in which two gates opened up. One opened up in South America, and don't know why. Like Starship Troopers, <laughs> darker than black. Like, they really have a thing for killing Buenos Aires. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just destroy Buenos Aires to finish the, the story. But a second one called Hell's Gate opened up in Tokyo. 
And the wall was was built as in a response to that to keep all of the bad juju that was coming out of the Hell's Gate. That isn't explained yet what's happening at those things. Right. But in the process of doing so, in the process of these anomalies happening, you, you're right. The stars changed and they became this fake blanket of stars. And it also precluded what became known as the contractors. People right. started becoming what are known as contractors which now, is another bargaining thing what i understand a contractor to be is not an actual humanoid it is no. a shell i don't know if it's artificially created i don't know if it's an alien wearing a bodysuit a la that tiny little thing in independence day that had the way bigger alien around it for protection <laughs> i don't know but there are these contractors who do jobs and when real humans come in contact with contractors they are zapped with like a neuralizer like men in black <laughs> and the technology is called me which it doesn't take a genius to figure out means memory erase and right 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 that memory is taken from you so another thing that was a little confusing is the few characters that we're seeing are behind the veil i believe in that mm -hmm. they know about the stars they know about the contractors but i think that like 98 percent of the rest of the world who aren't a part of our story are like just in the matrix doing their thing oblivious. All right. So I understand the confusing nature of this show. So I'm going to elaborate. So contractors are actually people, but when they become awakened to contractors, they lose, gain some things and they lose some things. What they lose is kind of their humanity in that they have no emotions they have no... Hence why I would think they were like a machine right. or hollow. Or... And most people treat them as such, too. Like, they're kind of aliens from other race. But they're really people who, uh, who've who lost their empathy. They've lost their emotions. They're essentially so psychopaths. They don't have anything to them. And they also have superpowers with them. So they're both illogical. They're logically only based superhumans. That still have like the like I'm also going to say they have the dexterity of a normal human being too. So like a lot of people get killed pretty easily in this in these things. Mm -hmm. But a second thing that comes up with these things is in exchange for these powers, they have this thing called a remuneration, which I think is the most interesting part of this show. It's the part that I really like about it. What is a remuneration, Garrett? If you remember, the the things that they do over and over again. Yeah, like well, when they the use first their power, one they that we're introduced to is the contractor, um, Louie. Louie <laughs> uh, <laughs> is like running from the authorities and he's on top of a rooftop and he sits there for just a moment. And naturally, the thing that calms him down is to break his own fingers. Right. So remunerations are these compulsions, so to speak. It's kind of why they're called contractors. In exchange for their powers, they have to do these things that they are compelled to do. Uh, they can range from stupid, like humming or, or you know, doing, you know, you know, flatulence or whatever, to neurotic, like organizing things or folding paper. I, I don't know why, but because of all the references all these shows make, when you just said that a remuneration could be humming, I can only imagine if like the most powerful badass contractor has to keep walking around all day going... Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I'm loving it. Right, exactly. It's <clears throat> it basically centers on this idea that they're essentially psychopaths with obsessive compulsions that have superpowers. And because of that, the world responded in kind by creating this like network of 
espionage mm-hmm. or, with the utilization of these contractors. And this story centers around this world, this world of gaining and controlling power and trying to gain leverage and, and access and understanding of what happened through these intermediary spies known as contractors. Mm-hmm. Now, contractors are to be confused with dolls, which are also people, and they also don't have any emotions, but they're a little different, Garrett. Did you did you pick up that thing, what that is? We're just going through jargon right there. We're not no, talking about I the story at all. I, I think dolls are like recreations of humans. R- dolls are people, but they have n- like less than emotions. They can't even fake it. And yes, but but you'll if you'll recall without getting into it, there is a character who isn't the character ends up dead in the river, but there is another character playing that character whose memory has been. So was that just two different people and they turned one into a doll of another? Right, exactly. Okay. Well, here's the thing. It, 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 this is where it gets confusing and why the show is a lot about the double and the triple twists and the double, triple uh, betrayals and stuff like that. That's why the show kind of thrives. But yes, dolls are people, but they're different from contractors in that they don't have the remunerations. That's the first thing. And the second thing is they're kind of like spies. They can send out like an aura or like a ghost Mm -hmm. through mediums, uh, certain materials. So one can go through water, one goes through glass. That is also what a doll is. So once again, these are like things that, are brought up a lot in the first episode and they don't explain a lot, but so, so contractors, dolls, Soylent Green, all the same thing, all the same people (laughs) is people, uh, also abnegation and, and district 12. And (laughs) I'm just kidding. But basically let's start with, to kind of get now flesh out what the story is all about. What's interesting about the show as well, which I like, is that the stories are broken out into two episode vignettes, basically, where a story kind of begins and ends through two episodes. Mm -hmm. And the first one is episodes one and two, which we'll talk about, which is about the case of the escaped scientists. As you mentioned, we first meet a contractor. As you said, he's from France. France is trying to, you know. come from France. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. Beldar, Conehead. (laughs) And so they're from France to find something they stolen something transport something we don't really know and as you said we meet a guy named louie who is can nullify gravity but at the expense of breaking his gd fingers like you said which has got to be the worst cost to, to use powers and it's not even like you're even like throwing right. fireballs at people you just make things float and then you break your fingers and, in and apparently that's a really big one because the cops chasing him they're like he can nullify gravity feel free to use automatic weapons <laughs> This guy makes things float. Shoot a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So then we then get introduced to the main character, uh, whose name is Hay, who, which is what uh, gay horses eat, but also has a cool mask and Mm -hmm. and a knife on a string. Like, what's his deal? Like, what what did we learn from this exchange and stuff like that? Uh, He, while Louis is being chased by the authorities, he finds himself upon a rooftop. And the authorities are in the building, um, but he's probably going to escape them because, I mean, he's a really badass contractor. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But Hay comes along in his full-on ninja gear uh, and his mask, 
and he confronts him and they're searching for something. They're both mm-hmm. searching for the same thing. And Hay believes that Louis has information. So he tries to get information from him. And after he gets whatever information he can, Louis is like, well, you have to take me with you. Otherwise, you know, you won't be able to get it. And Hay just laughs and kills him. That is correct. And uh, he also has different... Um people that he answers to um apparently hey belongs to this group called the syndicate who are the chinese basically he comes from china and he's there to do some mm-hmm. espionage mm-hmm. and they're all basically talking about what the cops then bring up which is this french scientist mm-hmm. named chiaki who's on the lamb mm-hmm. and so that kind of is the center of the story there's this scientist named chiaki he's she's on the lamb she has things that people want and that's what we learn about it right mm-hmm. We then learn about this is happens a lot is, you know, backstory, his life when he's not doing, you know, contract killing stuff. And I don't think this is, do you know what um, Hayes contractor power is? No. What is it? Oh, he electrocutes people. So, and that's, what's interesting is that he doesn't have like Pikachu lightning, like cartoon lightning bolts. They make it like legit what electricity looks like, which is a person who goes like, and then, then it's done. (laughs) And like, it's the best part about it is they're very realistic on some of these things. Okay. But, um, and so you kind of get this, like, you know, I'm going to see the, you know, I'm going to log into my, uh, my apartment for the first time here on, you know, work visa, la, 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 la. Hey man, even Batman, even Batman is Bruce Wayne, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And he's, they they can't be a ninja all the time. (laughs) Sometimes you have to put the domino mask on the shelf for the sake of this thing. (laughs) And so Basically, what we learn is that Chiaki is actually right next door to the Lee, or also known as Hay. But Hay doesn't know it yet, or maybe he does. Um, and so Lee, as Lee, Hay does these things that every time he wants to do a contract, he first has to take his victim and or someone he's doing stuff with on like an Aladdin carpet ride <laughs> to like to get a, a Sunday. <laughs> To eat ramen. He shows them a whole new... Just being a good host. If you're going to kill someone, you should show them a good time first. Right, exactly. If you're going to F me first, make make sure you take me to dinner, which is Hayes' actual, you know, stance on most things. Right. So, Chucky's like, um, well, I'm going to... Another thing is that Hay eats a lot of food, so he's that protagonist that eats a lot of food. But then she's like, I'm going to leave for the bathroom. And that's where we find out that Lee goes from like, hey, it was great talking to you, to like his serious... Like, I'm an assassin, and his handler's behind him named Huang. And it's kind of the start of, like, understanding how the syndicate works. And stuff. Right. And so, no, up until this point, we think – I don't think we put together up until this point that Hay is Lee and Lee is Hay. Uh, because, as you said, we meet Lee. He's a very unassuming nice guy. He moves in next to this woman. He doesn't know who she is. Later that day, he's out stargazing with a telescope. Right. And she comes running along and we see that she's been working at a go-go club or a strip club or a girly club. Yeah, we're going to stop and talk about this for a bit, but go ahead. Huh? Yep. I'll explain what that is in a second, but go ahead. Well, I imagine it was like one time I was in Kentucky and I was able to sit at a bar and pay for someone to have a drink next to me. And I was like paying $40 for them to have a drink and talk with me. Pretty much that's what it is. It's yeah, the lot there's a lot of clubs in Japan. And this is from like historical references. This is how like a lot of the red light district work was. Yeah, you pay for to have drinks, but you also pay for companionship for women to sit next to you, talk to you how interesting your life is to care about your BS problems and all that stuff. And you know what? If you're a you're an out of luck loser, 
it might actually be not be a bad transaction between the two of you. So I guess. So while she's in there, there are two police officers who are, I don't want to say undercover because they're, you know, it, they might as well be wearing like their street blues and like, they might as well have like a sire, like a Dr. Gadget thing on their head. They, like, they, they have a very Starsky and Hutch vibe going right. on. I like your moves. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> and so she gets chased out of there by the police and she's running from them and she's running from other people. And she comes across Lee in the park and Lee's like, oh, my God, you're being chased. Here's a solution. And he throws his coat over her, and he like starts kissing her against the tree, because when these guys come along, they're going to be like, oh, that's not the girl that we're chasing. That's his sweetheart. It's totally right. fine. Um, then she says, you like stargazing, even though the stars aren't real. And that's the first time you find out mm -hmm. like what? There's a fake sky. Me no understand. <laughs> and so the world's a planetarium at this point, apparently. Right. So he saves her. He brings her back to her apartment. Uh, oh. I'm skipping another part. So she runs away because she's like, thanks for the help. <laughs> and she just runs away. And then she gets accosted by Louie, uh, Louie's uh, partner in crime or contractor in partner. I don't know. Right. Some <laughs> other bad dude. With another very French name, Jean. <laughs> Jean. <laughs> and Jean, Jean, who, again, you were talking about these remunerations. His is he likes to set up a Mahjong board on a, <laughs> on a coffee table. No, he just has like 50 stones and he puts them in a row. Mm -hmm. And then he gets so mad that he has to do that. He swipes a table every time. He's like, this is stupid. Right. I hate this. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, so Lee follows her. And when, and we don't, now things are making more sense that we've discussed this all, but she's like trying to get out and she only gets out. Cause there's like a, uh, electrical surge that like shorts the, out the lock on the door. Right. Now find out that, or we now know later that that's Lee or Hay who's who's creating that. Yeah, who can get out, out? And Jean Jean tries to straight up choke someone, and because um, his power uh, in in exchange for stacking rocks on the table in ordinary fashion is he can substitute one thing for another, and he mm -hmm. usually does that in the form of teleporting. Yeah. So he says like I'm gonna take that signpost and switch it where I'm standing right now, and they yep. switch essentially. Gotcha. And that's pretty cool power, I think. And yeah. So, so, so Lee saves the day yet again and gets her away and says, Hey, I'll bring you back to your place. Brings her back to the apartment. And she's like, I don't think I should be alone right now. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Lee is about to like, he, he bromances everybody. He, he's about to like double cross or kill beforehand. And on the way out, basically what happens is, is that they have this like talk about, you know, how hard it must be to be a contractor, the things that she's learned, the hardship she's been through. She doesn't want to go back. La, 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 la. She's like, you know what, Lee, I can only trust you. She opens up her shoe. There's a key to a locker in there with a book in there. So now Lee, also known as Hay, is like mission accomplished. So he then finds out that the book is empty and that it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. General and Akbar. <laughs> and he's faced with the French again, and they're like, Vive la France, down with the bourgeoisie. And their necks swell up like frogs, like in The Simpsons, like, oh, we caught you. Because Chiaki, and this is what's yeah, this is the thing that's like, it goes really quick. It's very much on the like espionage double, triple cross. Is that Chiaki's not actually Chiaki, she's a doll that has the programming that thinks she's Chiaki. Just so that she can lure whoever is yeah. the mole of her. Chiaki's like floating face down in the river. Exactly. And that's why you're probably thinking that she was a dead because she was, I don't know, like 
ceasing her breathing functions for a little bit just to fake the thing. Yeah. I don't know. But she's and in her last like sense of humanity, she saves Hay from getting killed. And like you see some other people which have cool powers. Like there's a guy who um when he see looks at something, he can make an explode. And in exchange, he has to eat a flower. So he's just like, oh, we'll get him next time. That's why he ate the dandelion. On yeah, the yeah. That's his remuneration for shooting his uh his pew pew eye beams. That and, one guy, I, I was trying to understand his power, the one who can move one thing to another. Yeah. I didn't understand why he put his glowy hand on the wall and there was a glow circle on Hayes' chest. And he was trying to like like transmute his heart out of him. Correct. That's it. He was trying to transmute, switch the guy's heart with the brick wall so that your brick wall would end up in your chest. And so I think that's a, that's a, a big thing about the show that I really like is that the powers are cool. They're realistic. Like if you're freezing, it's not like you turn into a block of ice and you're like, Ooh, well, I'm going to be alive after this. No, like they show like the frostbite and like that. This is, this is how someone actually freezes to death. Or when someone gets electrocuted, it's not like sparks fly out of your head. You actually just like, shake really convulse really badly and the remunerations i think are a really cool thing it's just as i agree with you it's a lot of it's about the spy intrigue and if you can't follow it it might be really tough mm-hmm. and i was able to because this is my like second and third time watching it, and i do enjoy this show but um tell me now that we've talked it through is the show making a little bit more sense to you do you get the, the jam do you get the the spirit no. of it no. <laughs> i mean i i get i understand everything that happened i still don't understand what what purpose it serves though like yeah i they're just trying to get information about the wall event uh i still don't understand how there's even uh so if if a wall does the wall surround the city or is it just on one side of the city it's a it, it protects japan from the part of tokyo that got destroyed by this gate and that's what the wall is for. The wall is in protection. So the wall of- is actually enclosing Tokyo. Part of it. that yeah. back from Japan. Okay. Because I'm still trying to figure out how people from other countries can fly all over the world. Also, like, I guess that's a real big no-fly zone to go over the gate. That's right. Yeah, you don't go over the gate. You're, it's a definitely no-fly zone. Like two Bermuda Triangles now. Yeah, I don't... Exactly. There's two actual Bermuda Triangles in there. I think what you're, you're getting at is that the point is that they're really... Is it one? If that makes sense, like so it's Seinfeld. Well, no, it, it's not a story about nothing, and it's not like you know, it's that there's just so much moving parts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's really about the contractors getting stuck in this world of intrigue because of their powers, because of their inability to now, feel, and what it means for the greater needs of the community. Because once again, the problem is people don't know what happened. They don't know why this thing happened and they're trying to figure it out. And a lot of them are doing it for their own reasons, right? Like if it's giving people powers, if we can tap into what the gate's doing, then why don't we just check it out and see like if we can learn the more and make our own contractors and make ourselves more powerful. Like it's a lot of it is based on what a corporation needs. A lot of times it's based on what it's, it's very similar to the video. Have you played play the video game called um, Syndicate on like the computer have, or have I you heard of it? Not. It's one of Molyneux's, uh, Peter Molyneux's, like, actually good games that he came out with. Uh, okay. Like, it's he's he did Fable as well. Um, oh! That's and he's also really call. famous. He's famous for, like, overcommitting to what he wants to do. He's like, oh, this is going to be a thing that, that it's self-generating. The world's going to be an AI that thinks for itself, and it's going to blow your mind. And it never, it never meets your expectations. <laughs> but Syndicate was one of his earlier games, and it was cool because the game was about you operating these, like, mindless drones. 
that just do what you tell them to do. And the, the like corporations fighting each other for individual land parcels to like blow up things that make deals fall through. It's in that, in that vein, right? It's that corporate and intergovernmental mm-hmm. espionage a la like, uh, what's it called? Um, like James Bond almost in that mm-hmm. regard. Like if you ever watch James Bond and go like, I'm, I don't exist in the world <laughs> that these people are doing. Like, why would you decide to do a weather weapon that, <laughs> like, you know, he's like, you, you're, it's just, it's, it is, it's like when people consume themselves with power, they don't yeah. even, it, it's just for power sake. And that's really, I mean, what if, I, if I was, if I was Christopher Walken, I'd do anything Grace Jones told me to. Well, I would too. I mean, she's scary. That's just why I would do it. So we now get to episode three and four. You did get through a little bit of this this arc. Um, and this one introduces this story about the researcher and her daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really interesting one because we're kind of introduced to what the Heaven's Gate looks like. So when he was walking through with his hazmat on, that's that's he's near the Heaven's Gate. He was a researcher in this like awful area. And he's like, you know, right. get out of here. There's no need, reason to be here. It's awful. And he, he, found he was looking flower. like Dustin Hoffman in Outbreak. Yes, exactly. Like full, full masked up, you know, clean room gear. Exactly. And he's like, and he, but he found this flower. And then you it pan to a girl who's getting on a train, but then like misses her stop because she has like this weird phase out, so to speak. Um, and that's the kind of central crux of the show is that Tahara, who is now a consultant at Lee's job, Hayes' job, um, is like part of this story and there's these two company men that are trying to get access to tahara's daughter for reasons mm-hmm. and you start realizing that she's like blacking out she's like not being herself things start to trigger her make her a little bit like pyromaniac a little bit so sure. so what do you remember from this episode that kind of stuff i i absolutely remember a lot of the stuff regarding the researcher um uh again i i do remember him coming out of like the gate uh or being in the gate and uh, he has radio connection with someone, which I thought was interesting because I kept like drawing parallels to like um, Stranger Things with like the upside down where you yeah, can't it, actually. It, mm-hmm. it really... looked just like the upside down. It looked like the upside down where he was. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, at one point he uh, he said, don't come find me. And he dropped to his knees and he ripped his head off so he could like throw up. And I'm like, don't do that. Like <laughs> bad idea. Bad idea. Leave that thing on your head. <laughs> So, yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's kind of inter- moving pieces. Lee's group, uh, Hayes group is trying to find his daughter as well, because he was a former researcher mm-hmm. and his daughter ended up turning, was about to turn into a contractor. Mm-hmm. And instead he found this flower that allowed her him to stop the contractorness. Cause basically you're like, I don't want my kid to become a, a psychopath, but his yeah. former company that he did research for sent mm-hmm. other contractors out to find her as well so that he can continue his research and all that stuff. But well, so, pro- so basically like every story in human history, they're using her as a soft spot for him to manipulate his behavior. Right. And to see what she's kind of like the gains of his thing, because she stopped being a contractor, but in the process, she became what is known as a moratoria. Did you get to that part? No, I didn't. But the way that you're describing it, it kind of feels like I'm like trying to think of other shows I've seen, other movies I've seen. And it's like, is he like a sick bastard who has somehow hidden a secret within his daughter? Well, he's basically the flower that you saw in the beginning of the episode was his was his research. And apparently the seed from that flower 
stops the contractor from happening. Another thing to know about contractors is that when a contractor appears, a star appears in the sky for them. And there's like, and there's actually like an astronomy club that's like up for the government that's there to like look at the stars and be like, oh, right, someone's doing I something. Think, I think it was in the previous episode. They say that like when there's a shooting star, it's a contractor dies. Right. Instead of an angel getting their wings or something really nice happening, it's because a contractor died. And so she, so basically what happens in this episode in the, the two episodes, the profile is everybody's trying to get to this girl, but then they realize that she's turning what's called a moratoria and a moratoria is in between a contractor and a doll. And what that means is they're basically ticking time bombs. They have none of the emotions, just like a contractor, but they have like zero control over their power. Okay. And they go into these like hallucinatory states and she's a pyrokinetic. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh, that sounds like a super, yeah. super non-volatile place to be. So she's when she gets triggered, Instead of it being like, oh, I'm her having a meltdown, she has a burn up and she like blows things up. And that's what they're the father's trying to get in, in front of that. The syndicate wants the moratoria. The um the do, company do, does wants the, the moratoria. syndicate think they can use her as a weapon? Yes. That's hundred percent what they think. I mean, or they want bomb. to kill. Her. What are you gonna do? Just send her walking into buildings and well, that's what the police are trying to do too. They're trying to like contain her too, because she could be a real damage to stuff. But say if you're doing espionage send the girl in she has no because she never remembers what she does as a as a moratoria mm-hmm. so send her in trigger her make her blow up and then just like rent what rent you know allow the rinse repeat kind of stuff mm-hmm. or you they were probably thinking about killing her because she might become a hazard at some point so that would thing but in the process of the father fighting this other guy um who's another contractor his ability is to make like wind weapons okay and then i think his his remuneration is that he like does dog ear folds on the page which i think is really funny and he just like keeps holding books and like ear marking in them and stuff like that um is that she it sets her off the dad gets killed and she gets set off but um no papa yes but it's that that connection she had with her dad that ends up just finishing it up and making her a contractor so then she becomes oh, a so member. she makes the final transition she makes the final transition to so her she's syndicate. out of the volatile state then right and then that's where the syndicate then um makes her part of the fold Okay. into the into the syndicate so that's what that happened so once again this is a lot of like intrigue a lot of people have different reasons for things happening uh and so what Kyle, you- we're four episodes in and it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of happiness <laughs> no not in this show it's called darker than black Garrett. what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> Such a- <laughs> nothing nothing you'd find in a box of lucky charms Garrett was is coming out of darker than black so what do you so let's stop for a second what do you think about the contractor remuneration idea i think that's such a cool unique idea what do you think about that now that it's been explained to me i get it like you're we're going to give you this superpower but there's going to be this like strange thing you do you know mm-hmm. uh it, this tick um some of them are more interesting than others even if mm-hmm. they were simple things like cracking knuckles or just like these right. ob- obsessive behaviors and i can imagine maybe that like the more you use your power the the stronger and longer the period of remuneration is in order to like balance out within your brain how you feel right exactly and i think that's what's interesting about it it's it's that you're like you're a tool for people but you don't care and you you're only really kind of focusing on what benefits you right but so it's this weird the remuneration real quick it's almost like to me and now it's like as i'm saying it out loud it makes more and more sense it's it's almost like using your power makes you volatile and this is like your meditative mm. thing to do yes. although some of them are more that than others 
Folding yes. pages could be meditative. Uh, lining up rocks can be meditative. Breaking your own fingers, perhaps <laughs> not as meditative. So we are going to dive in uh, now. We're going to take a pause to talk about the world of uh, contractor powers and remunerations with a game that I like to call Would You Rather uh, Contractor Edition. Um <laughs> I'm going to list a lot of the contractors and remunerations that you're going to find in this show. Sure. And sure. you're going to tell me, would you rather? And I'm, I'm going to join you in this. But Garrett, tell me if you had a contractor power that made you, gave you the ability that you would, and you had no choice but to be one, yep. what would be your contractor power? Uh, I think breakdancing would be pretty cool. You want to be, you want to be a good breakdancer? Yeah, I mean, like I, I don't know how to breakdance now, so I would have to be a good breakdancer, and I would like to breakdance every time I used my uh, fiery fingertips. Okay, so you also have fire tips. Okay, mine is good. I would do, like, something along the lines of, like, flight, but, like, flight with some sort of offensive power, so maybe controlling wind. So we're going to use that also because I've made up some BS remunerations that I've come up myself. For sure, sure. So we're not only going to talk about stuff in the show, but also, like, remunerations that i've thought up and so think about your favorite power okay whether this will work for you right you ready yeah okay yeah. so i'm gonna read some of the ones that are part of the show um so there's a person named abigail croft in this show who can induce hallucinations so basically make people see things that aren't there okay but in order to do that she has to lick someone's skin would you want to be a human you know shroom <laughs> in exchange for licking someone and it doesn't matter who you just got to like, got to be like, like randomly at any point, just to like hit the compulsion out of your brain. Would you rather in this situation? Uh, you're talking to a guy who at one point on a dare, uh, uh, licked like a, an, uh, a, a, a pole in like a, um, in a shuttle at like Las Vegas McCarran airport. Um, but in a post pandemic world, I ain't about licking. People. <laughs> so there's a character we're going to meet and you meet later in episodes, uh, Five and six, named Mister. Uh, his name is November eleventh. Not to be confused with Miss Wednesday. Or I was just gonna ask. Did he come over like, from the uh, Brokeworks. Yeah, he sounds like a member of Brokeworks. No, but his name is just November eleventh. Don't know why his name is November eleventh, but I think it's because eleven eleven. I think that's why he's got like it's it's kind of very triple X, you know, Vin Diesel stuff. So his power is that he can freeze things. He's got really cool ice powers. Yeah, but in order to do that, he has to smoke cigarettes. So would you have to have do a power, but you'd have to have a smoking habit? And he yeah, hates sure it. I could do that. He hates that he smokes. He's like I. He hates his remuneration so much, but he has to do it. Well, the good thing is, is that in the year since this anime came out, he could just switch to a jewel. So. <laughs> So um, there's also, um, so we talked about, let's talk about, um, there is a one that, uh, that is electrokinesis, much like our friend uh, Hay can do. Mm -hmm. So you can electrocute stuff, but in order to have to do that, you have to find people's, the people that you've killed shoes, mm -hmm. you have to flip them upside down and put them next to each other. <laughs> so you're, there's no way you're going to get away with your fingerprints not on the scene. <laughs> That seems like such a bother. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not even like an OCD compulsion. Like, if you were like, oh, well, uh, you have to find their shoes and wear them for a day. Like, that would make more sense to me. But just to, like buy a shoe or just to like find their shoe and go flip flop, flip flop. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. That's absurd. 
All right, I'm going to go into one of your one of my BS ones. So say your favorite power, break dancing, finger things, mind, sure. wind manipulation, flight. But in order to do it, your remuneration would be that you'd have to go into an elevator full of people and rip ass. <laughs> <laughs> would you do that, Garrett? One thousand. <laughs> like you have just a compulsion. Like you like you just finish like torching some folks with your fingers and then like move you have to live in a there. metropolitan area so that you're yeah. like always near like an elevator and you just like moonwalk out of there into an elevator and just like fart although that being <laughs> said i would absolutely only do it in hotels not in like my own apartment building oh so that way it's always a stranger <laughs> but it has to be full of people like it can't just be one person it has to be like full of people like oh. a full end of failure and you got to just rip ass so you would that you that would be a power that you do i think i'd do that it would be, yeah yeah i could with that <laughs> So then we're also going to talk about um, another remuneration that I made up, which is you get your favorite ability that you want, but then you have to do an Ace Ventura butt cheek speaking to random people <laughs> in the street. Like, you have to be, can I ask you a few questions? You'd have to like, literally like you'd like kill someone and then you'd be like, oh, would you like a bit? Maybe some butt with your cheeks. Uh, would you do that? I think that, you know, based on my love of <laughs> Assy McGee, that this is an absolute yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say, too. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you were mint? Perhaps a banaka? <laughs> um, there's a person named Shizuma Shino who has hydrokinesis, but which means they control water. Okay. But in order to do so, they have to make themselves vomit. So they have to purge. Like they're like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> would you do? That? I did not know that the lead singer of the Used had hydro. <laughs> For those you out rather... there in uh, podcast land, uh, back in the early aughts, there was a uh, there was an emo band called the Used, and the lead singer used to quote unquote sing so hard and emotionally that he would throw up on stage. Basically, uh, yeah. I think he gave himself ulcers, but while he did it, all the ladies thought he was just the finest, which boggled my mind. <laughs> he's from Utah, too, so he was one of that Mormon stock. Oh, yeah? Him and the killers. Yeah, so he's going to do a... Uh, or my last BS one is uh, you have to <laughs> you do your favorite power, but then you'd have to go and take a dump in a salad bar. <laughs> nah, couldn't do it. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. One every any you it can do you anything you'd want to do in life a, a power that you've always wanted, but then you'd have to go to like Ruby Tuesdays. Well, that's squat the over. I'd have to live near Ruby Tuesdays or like a Sizzler, and like <laughs> it really limits where I could be in order to like implement my power. And it's like repeat offenders. It's like, oh no, the salad bar shitters. <laughs> right, they're gonna stop me after the first time. Like, fool me once, shame on you. What's the Fool me song twice, about, shame on What's me. the song about the businessman uh, crapping on the uh, flight attendant's cart? I don't even remember, but yep. <laughs> so, wake uh, on the airplane, wake on the. Airplane. Oh, you're talking about uh, take take a picture by filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. So, <laughs> so no, I guess I guess that's the. No, one. no, no. I I just I just think that having to rely on salad bars. Um, I mean, if it was like 1988, I might be fine with it because those were everywhere. Right, exactly. Um, and so last thing is we're going to talk about where this show kind of goes is that uh, by episode five and six, one thing, some things you'll learn is that Hay um, actually uh, is a contractor, but he doesn't have a lot of the problems the contractors have. He doesn't have a remuneration. He has emotions but he fakes it for the syndicate and kind of does things for his own reasons. He's trying to find his sister who got, 
who got lost in the Heaven's Gate, just like another character that comes in. So like 10 years ago, she got right. Lost? 10, yeah. Yeah. So she was like one of the first contractors and he was with her and mm. she got lost. And so he's basically playing the game of a, an emotionless assassin, but doing things on his own to try to like solve the mystery. And we get into this by talking about a character by the name of Havoc who's considered by many to be the worst contractor in history, <laughs> but she's also a, what's called a regressor. So her initial power was that she could create a vacuum anywhere. So uh -huh. she basically she could make any space implode anybody inside. So you just basically become a big meat smoothie when she's around. Okay. And her remuneration is that she had to drink the blood of children. That was her remuneration. So she was not so very vampire-esque of her. Very not so nasty. And but she's now what's called a regressor. So apparently you can pay off your contract, lose your powers completely after doing enough of the remunerations. OK, so she has no powers. She's remembers everything. And now she's like a normal person. But now she has this history of being a bad, 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 bad person. And hey, through the process of like and then November 11th, who I talked to you about who smokes cigarettes and, and makes water, uh, makes freezes stuff. He's part of the MI6 and they're trying to take her to do research because now you have someone who's done by the contractor mm -hmm. who can speak to you and you can actually torture and do stuff to them and make them do things for you and stuff like that. But he takes her and he wants her to go to the gate and reignite her old self so that she can remember what happened because she was also there when her sis, his sister went missing. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this like underground story of this one man living in this espionage world without the worries of a contractor but also being a contractor at the same time right and and having to put up a facade the entire time right and then there's people and then the espionage world that exists so he's constantly coming to contact with different contractors with different motives like november 11th is an mi6 agent so he's actually in the in the realm of justice but he still has the same bs of like no emotions doesn't care but he's just very good at what he does and people mm -hmm. pay him well for it. So, um, so it's a lot of that stuff. Um, so I guess where we're going to ask you, I know it confused you. I know you got a few episodes mm -hmm. in, I guess my big question is now that we've talked through it, now that we've kind of kind of gone over it a little bit, has it, has it registered a little bit for you? And do you think this might be something you might want to take on? It, it, it has what I would say. I would, I would find myself in a different state, far less tired uh, far less scatterbrained. I would rewatch the first three episodes and then I would watch three more episodes. Mm -hmm. I would watch these six and I would make a decision from there whether mm -hmm. I thought I, I wanted to continue. There were little things I liked. I mean, like, I, I do enjoy espionage. I, I did. At first, I thought it was corny, but then I came to really enjoy some of the musical cues that they had throughout. Um, yeah, it has a really good soundtrack in my mind. Like, yeah. and it doesn't, and it also never stays in the same tone. Right. So, like, sometimes things are happier sounding, sometimes things are really gruff and scary. But, like, at the same time, the music really does dictate the speed of it. That's why I think I thought you would like this one a little bit more, you know, untiredness notwithstanding. I, I thought this one has a little bit more of an adult edge to it. It's a more complex story. I, I, I can see that. I, uh, I just, um, Maybe I wasn't in the right place, but it just seemed that there was, like you said, it's twist on top of twist on top of twist. Yeah. And I will tell you that in the uh, three episodes that I watched, there was at least two occasions in each episode where I watched something and one minute later I went, what? And I, I rewound yeah. a yeah. minute to see what I missed or what happened. Yeah, because they jumped through a lot of lore. And as I said, it's very jargony. So I honestly like this is one of those ones where I'm like, honestly, have a wiki near you. 
as you're watching it because it will explain mm-hmm. it. And then once you kind of like get the general idea of it, yeah, it does make it sound better because it is a cool, cool idea with a lot of cool lore. Mm-hmm. And you just need to like buckle in and really pay attention to this one. And I okay. don't think that's for anyone. I don't want to call it a thinking man's anime because I don't, I don't want to make, make that theme that because I like it, I'm smarter than anybody, but mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's basically if you like that. Um, yeah. You like the intrigue, you like the thriller, it does have a lot of great human, uh, you know, human existentialism, which I like in anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's, you know, it does have a lot of moving parts and you need to really ke- keep up, you know? Yeah. So what we're going to do is what we're going to do every week, which is called the Weeb and Noob Score. The Weeb and Noob Score doesn't mean the show's good or bad. Uh, the show, the Weeb and Noob Score really means our excitement for you as a fan to listen and or watch it. And really we're speaking to our own, uh, experiences with anime i'm the longtime fan garrett's the new fan and a high score means that we think this is essential watching this is essential viewing this is something that exemplifies the genre this is something that gets you really can get really get you started or should be part of your library a lower score means like it's a dime a dozen or hard to get into but you could but you should still watch all anime all the time in my opinion hmm. so i'm going to give this my weep score of uh eight i think the show just like garrett said can be a little confusing for some and but I and I think it goes in a lot of great places, but you really have to sit down and be willing to uh, understand. It's not like the devil's a part time, which we did last week, which is that's turn off your brain time, pretend you're eating pepper fries and have a have a laugh. Right. This is like you need to know, you know, stars. You need to know about dolls and moratorias and regressors uh-huh. and like all these weird terms, and that can be confusing for some. But if you're a weeb. Maybe you want to dive into it, but not everybody's going to like sci-fi. Not everybody's going to like cyberpunk. Not everybody's going to like that. Like if you like uh, Naruto, if you're a fan of One Piece, if you're like a fan of that shonen, this is less shonen and more like seinen. And it's more in that like adult, uh, you know, mature stuff that goes into it. It kind of more like a, um, what, what's what's a good like Clive Barker? No, not Clive Barker. Who's a good, um, who's a good author that, that does like Rainbow Six? What's his name? He died. Tom Clancy. Yeah, it's like it's like a Tom Clancy novel. If you can get through one of those, you can get through Dark and the Black. So, Garrett, what do you give it for your noob score? I give it a seven. Okay. Uh, I was waffling between six and a half and seven, and I think that the six and a half was an unfair assessment uh, based on just uh, a, a lot of stuff. So, I. I do appreciate a, a bunch of things. I appreciate the adult nature of it. I mean, my God, we're not in school. Right, correct. It's not a school to be found, which is just like brilliant. Um, I do appreciate the espionage ver- version of it. I, right. I love I love the music in other areas. Uh, it doesn't get any higher than a seven because um, I understand that it's kind of your job as the weeb to decide where in the pantheon of must watch it is. But my guess would be that it's not high in the must watch. It's just high in the, yeah, you, you should watch. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. uh, watching this show you've already described as like a sort of a cult uh, favorite. Yeah, it's called classic. You can, you could watch 30 shows that were important to the history of anime and you still would be nowhere near this show. And that doesn't mean that it's not good. It is good. Uh, and you know what? It, it probably gets better. How, 
is it only one season? It has three official seasons with that's right, three different, different taglines. Yeah, and what, what, what is each like twelve to twenty episodes? Yeah, 12, 12, 12 13 episodes, episodes roughly. So you can get about thirty six okay. episodes of of darker than black right. intrigue. And you know, sometimes I mean, a lot of people with anime they love that they can return week after week and see the same thing over and over again, and that brings them comfort. Something like this probably has like a storyline with a beginning, middle, and end, and right. uh, uh, even if it doesn't end entirely or it ends in some mystery. Um, you're just not going to get the same thing over and over again. And that's exciting in its own way. And also there's something to be said about if you, all your characters are like stoic, there's not a lot of dynamism in that. There's not a lot of like, you know, you can't really do pratfalls. You know, they try to do yeah. comedy weirdly in this show, but it doesn't, it's weird when everybody is emotionless husks mm-hmm. who talk, who talk in like these very like extreme, you know, black and white language and right. stuff like that. So it's, you're not going to get the dynamism that you would get in other shows. If I was to compare it to something like out of one out of 10 uh, Ghosts in the Shells, this gets like a seven on Ghosts in the Shells. Definitely a watch if that's the kind of your jam, the cyberpunk, the sci-fi stuff. So mm-hmm. I would recommend it that. So okay. um, great. So as we uh, you know put on our you know scary assassin masks and go to uh, do our remunerations for the night, it is always important to hear your thoughts. Is Darker Than Black the type of cult classic you think that everybody should watch and is a nice little sci-fi cyberpunk treat? Do you like it for its action and elements? Or do you think it's just too twisty and turny, too espionage too too complex for you to follow? Let us know in the comments below because you really want to continue the conversation, especially for a show that I think should actually get more attention than it has like this one. You can follow us on all of our uh, social media, including on Instagram at Wamble Podcast or on Twitter at Weave underscore Noob. You can also uh, listen to us every week on anchor.fm slash Podcast, or really anywhere your podcast is found. But make sure when you do, Garrett, you know, finish your remuneration. What do you want to give everybody? I'd like to give it a five, 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 five star review. Yes, because that elevates people in our ranking, and the more people that see us on their anime lists, the more they're going to listen to us. And so if you're a fan of ours and you like the content, we very pleased. It would really help us out. So as we close to, uh, close our, our windows to the uh, fake stars of the night and, uh, and and go off to our contracts here, what are your final thoughts on Darker Than Black? I'm going to find those two cops and go to the lady cocktail bar. <laughs> That's right, baby. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be electrocuting with our blade ropes. We're going to be uh, doing our uh, remunerations and stacking stones. We're going to be having our talking cat, which we didn't talk about in this episode. All in all, to wish you all a fantastic next week. Ma'am, that's not my gun in your hip. <laughs> It's like with these stones here. The design seems simple, but each piece has to be carefully placed. One careless mistake and it's ruined. It's a useful lesson, though truth is I have no idea why I do this. The significance of it... I stopped trying to find the meaning a long time ago. It's the price I pay for my contract. There. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 